eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome into your favorite Miami Dolphins podcast. This is another Dolphins podcast, and we are only nine weeks away. Noah Igbenogany days away from the start of the 2023 NFL season, and we are going to bring you the first in our infamous book club series. But before we get into all that, let me welcome in the greatest co-host in the world, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Jake, it's Sunday, baby. How you doing? Josh, I hope everyone followed me in the Sunday routine. It's an early breakfast. It's a couple of mimosas, and it's about enjoying that day. It's about avoiding those scaries as long as possible. We got, what, nine weeks, you said, until the season starts. So you have to go out there and squeeze all the juice out of Sundays before it's um, bunkering in and, and sitting in the basement for the next, what, uh, 19 weeks, something like that. Yeah, and then the season starts and we just all, our entire week is based off of how the Dolphins perform on Sunday, right? We're either good, bad, and we're just looking forward to that next Sunday. So I can't believe we're nine weeks away already, and I had to post a picture of our video of Noah Igbenogany's game ceiling interception against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Twitter because it was either that or going back and finding some Jay Fiedler highlights. And I really didn't want to go back and do that, and I thought the Igbenogany thing was kind of funny. So uh, hopefully everybody saw that because we, again, are only nine weeks away from the start of the season. I'm glad we saved you the effort of breaking out the VHS tapes to get those Jay Fiedler highlights yeah. cooking. But Josh, you mentioned it at the top there. Today, we are returning to our book club series. This is basically what we decided to do. Uh, we have about a month, Josh, actually less than that, until the season really gets going in terms of different camps. Uh, we'll hear from players a lot more often. But until then, we thought it would be a good idea to look at some of the most uh, – Interesting players on the Miami Dolphins. Last year, we had guys like the very exciting Jason Sanders. We did a book club on him, uh, but we've done Robert Hunt. We've done two. Uh, uh, go back, check those out from last year. And Josh, I thought this would be a great opportunity to go into Jalen Ramsey, uh, Miami's biggest addition. And it's important to keep it by him. These book clubs, we're not necessarily trying to tell you uh, 
that's a fifth grade book club. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that George Washington was born on February 22nd, 1732. But what I am going to tell you is that Jalen Ramsey is going to be an awesome addition to this Miami Dolphins team. And Josh, I think the greatest way to start this discussion and the simplest way to start this discussion is every offseason, we have like a checklist, right, of what we want the Dolphins to do, how they're going to get things done, how they're going to clear up cap space. In our wildest dreams, did we ever think we'd, one, figure out what one Hunter Long was worth, but realize what was possible when you sit, trade away two Hunter Longs? Yeah, it did, like you said, this is not a fifth grade book, book it, right, where you would uh, get, read a book and then you'd get a personal pan pizza. We are not giving out any personal pan pizzas. I'm sorry. Um, but never in our wildest dreams. And it goes back to, you know, a year prior when we were on a podcast talking about the Tyree Kill stuff. I mean, never in our wildest dreams do we think that trade was going to go down. And then we come back this year and uh, we know the Byron Jones is on his way out, the whole saga surrounding him. We know the Dolphins are looking for a veteran piece, you know, opposite of Xavier Howard. But again, never in our wildest dreams did we think, even when we heard rumors that the Dolphins could have interest in Jalen Ramsey, that A, they'd make the trade, and then B, trade away Hunter Long and, like you said, a third-round pick. So um, we wish Hunter Long the best, right? We joke all the time that he only had one more catch here in Miami than we did. But um, to the fact that the Dolphins could get rid of him, which, again, is maybe, maybe he can, you know, reinvent his career with the Los Angeles Rams, but that's doubtful. And then a third round pick for Jalen Ramsey, who obviously the Rams had to get rid of that cap space because they are kind of more in a rebuild right now. But for him to land in Miami, opposite Xavier Howard, you know, the best cornerback in football, arguably, uh, it got to give you goosebumps and make you excited for what that defense is going to look like under Vic Fangio. And yeah, man, the perfect guy to talk about on our first book club, because you need to check your pulse if you're not fired up. I love it. And I, I want us to get, into the fit and what he means to that secondary. But Josh, I wanted to kind of discuss it, who the Dolphins are getting with someone like Jalen Ramsey, uh, three-time first team, all pro. And Josh, when you first turned on that film, what did you see? What was the first thing, you know, or even the first time you heard the Dolphins are trading for Ramsey? What was that uh, idea that popped into your head about this defense? Because for me, it was instantly, hey, this is someone who is going to come in and be that Byron Jones plus. And we saw how successful, um, you know, having two top tier cornerbacks could be in a defense. Yeah, well, I got to be the first one to admit I have egg on my face because I was really stoked on that Byron Jones signing. I think, you know, oh, what? yeah, I think I was over the moon excited for what that tandem could be. But you're right, man. This is Byron Jones to another level. You could say this is Xavier Howard to another level, right? I mean, neither of these guys truly, you know, follow the wide receiver across the line of scrimmage as times, but they absolutely can. But what I saw from Jalen Ramsey was a guy who was just a menace, you know, press coverage man coverage and then he could just come down and play in the box as well he was not scared to to get gritty and to be that run defender coming off the edge doing all sorts of things so I, I throw versatility around all the time you know as cliche as that sounds but this guy is as versatile as they come he can play on the outside can play on the inside and um we talk about memes all the time he has a dog in him right that's the first thing I thought of was some of those clips of him just talking back and forth between the different receivers that he's covering coming to camp that one season when he wanted to get paid I think he showed up in a Brinks truck so um you get what you see with Jalen Ramsey he's one of the best if not the best corners in football and I think you're saying it best Byron Jones you know that next evolution right we always talk about Pokemon this is uh you know the Dolphins got a Mewtwo I guess you could say I don't know I don't I have nothing I'm sorry, to I had no, that was, that was I had, perfect that was, I, I, got no, I got nothing for that. <laughs> <laughs> Josh I went back and watched three games uh the San or the, the Rams against Devontae Adams and the Raiders, CeeDee Lamb, the Cowboys, and the Arizona Cardinals. And Josh, one thing people want to say already 
against someone like Jalen Ramsey, who I think is kind of in the uh, peak of his career right now. He's what, 29 years old, 28 years old. Uh, People would like to say he took a step down uh, in 2022 after 2021, a year where not only did he win the Super Bowl, he was one of the what? at the very least top two players on that championship defense of the Rams. Um, But something to keep in mind here, Josh, is how he can line up in different positions and how that can kind of make him a better cornerback. Um, Last year in 2022, uh, Deron Hendrick was playing opposite of him. This guy was a rookie fifth round pick. And this is what happens when you play that um, F them picks game, right? You have to eventually have a fifth round pick starting. It's like they had Cater Kohu starting, but we, this is why people want to fire Chris Greer. It's kind of crazy. You consider Cater Kohu, you nail it. And then you have a situation like this where a fifth round pick, I'm not saying he was bad, but you expect him to have some struggles there. He's not a high draft pick. You don't want him to walk in and be a starter day one. As a result, we saw Ramsey playing corner, um, outside boundary corner, excuse me, for 725 snaps. He was in the slot for 213 in the in the box for 112 snaps. Compare that to the previous year, 2021, where he had a former 2014 draft pick. So that you're talking about like a seven-year vet at the time when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, those numbers shuffled just a little bit here where he was the boundary corner, just 544 snaps, about 200 less. And then in the slot, that number ballooned by about 100, 325 snaps. So Josh, right away, um, you know, consider things like missed tackle rates and how often he was targeted. I think a lot of that has to do with he was just in a weaker defense where, you know, you could kind of put the defense in situations that made it hard for him to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, you talked about the versatility there. He played a little bit of what they like to call the star position there with the Rams, where he played in the nickel. He's more of like a weak side linebacker type of thing, doing things against the run. And you talk about him having a little bit of a down year. That does definitely seems like, you know, the perception around him. You look go on Twitter, you search Jalen Rams, there's different pictures of it. I think it was even Dov Kleiman or whatever his name is. You know, the guy that always loves to steal people's uh, stuff was saying how he is this the most overrated cornerback in football because there was a clip of him getting uh, sent to the shadow realm against Travis Kelsey. And that's Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, you expect Jalen Ramsey to cover him. It might be game over. But I have his PFF grades here. I mean, he finished with an 86.4 overall, 91.8 against the run, 91.1 in, again, pass rush, and then a 77.8 in pass coverage. Um even his stats, two forced fumbles, four interceptions, 18 pass breakups, the 88 tackles, which was a career high. I mean, if this guy's, a, a, you know, if he took a step back, I mean, sign us up, right? I mean, I have no issues with this. It has a lot to do with that supporting cast, like you mentioned. I mean, he was next to a rookie last season. He didn't have Xavier Howard opposite of him. He does now. And, again, I think that versatility just allows Vic Fangio to do so many different things because if you can bring Jalen Ramsey down and play nickel against some of those, you know, elite nickel or slot wide receivers. I mean, then you can put Cater Cole on the outside. Who's already proven that he can play out there. You know, you can mix them too, mix and match with them. You got Nick Needham as well. So um, his versatility has to be something that the dolphins absolutely love. And I go back to that CK parrot. I believe it was Armando Salguero that originally called him a cornerback. And I think he corrected uh, Jalen Ramsey, corrected him and said, I'm a defensive back. And then later on um, CK parrot mentioned how I wonder if, how Vic Fangio is going to use him and some of those new schemes and systems that, you know, he mentioned that he was working on this all season. I think even Jalen Ramsden responded with like, just watch, like get your popcorn ready. So I don't know what Vic Fangio has up his sleeve. I mean, could we even see Jalen Ramsey playing a little bit more safety? I mean, there's so many options that you have there with Jalen Ramsey. And uh, like you mentioned, man, he was all over the field last season. And if he took a step back, sign me up every day of the week. 
Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned he had a career high 88 tackles. Um, that just kind of highlights how much more he had to do in this defense in 2022, uh, where it was, it seemed like a runaway car that was really losing its wheels that um, uh, Rams defense for a lot of the season. And that if you have a career high in tackles, doesn't it kind of make sense that you miss tackle percentage, you're forced to do more, it might be a little higher, which kind of makes sense why he had eight missed tackles on the season. Um, Josh, I watched a game against the Arizona Cardinals, and it kind of spoke to that point of playing all over the field. And that Raheem uh, Morris defense that the Rams use is a lot like what Vic Fangio is going to be trying to do with the Dolphins. Um, It was interesting to see how he would kind of float around the field and – the Rams were in a tough situation, right? Because a lot of the time, DeAndre Hopkins didn't play in this game. It was early in the season. He was serving a suspension. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see about where a standard is, where the defense is going to dictate what their game plan based on offenses or trying to figure out if they can be a little more flexible. A game like the Cardinals, he lined up all over the field. There was one play that the uh, Cardinals were running trips on one side. Ramsey was all the way on the other side of the field. It was about a third and 14. Uh, Basically the Cardinals were trying to clear out to get Ertz the ball underneath just to see Ramsey fly all the way across the field and make the play was outstanding. But I don't know if that's going to be something you want him to be doing six, seven times a game to have to be that guy uh, pushing the limit going 100 miles per hour if if he can last up for an entire season. So you wonder where that balance is going to be, where you might play a little safer. He doesn't have to travel just that great a distance, uh, but you're just kind of limiting opportunities because there were situations like playing against the Raiders where it was one-on-one against Devontae Adams for a lot of the game. And Josh, you, you mentioned being sent to the shadow realm. That's what's kind of tough. He was asked to do so much in so many situations where he had some good plays but to say he didn't have low lights it was just the low lights were so rough it was just you can't ignore him yeah and I'm glad you brought that up because you know Dolphin fans are probably again we're all over the moon excited we got Jalen Ramsey but he did struggle at times last season I remember watching that first game of the year and I have written down you know according to player profiler he was targeted five or six times for 92 yards against Stefan Diggs I think Diggs had a monster catch where Jalen Ramsey was just caught looking at Josh Allen in the backfield got beat deep uh Mike Evans not uh, 10 of 13 for 74 yards Hopkins later in the season 7 of 10 for 75 yards and that Adams game like you mentioned uh 3 of 6 for 78 yards and I think Adams may have had a touchdown so I mean to say he doesn't have his low lights is you know you're 100% right with that but again I just wonder how much different it's going to be when you got Javon Holland roaming around in the back of you know behind him you got Xavier Howard on the other side where defenses are probably already scared to look and then you got that menacing pass rush with Jalen Ramsey you know uh Bradley Chubb and all those guys up front coming down on the quarterback so um I think another thing we have to look at and be excited about is that he's not jumping too far from one scheme to the next like you mentioned this defense is very similar to what he was in last year so um Again, I'm glad you watched those games because as we'll talk about after the break, I'll break down some of my games, but we did different games. And um, it's just so interesting to see the way he was used differently from one game to another. And again, just what Vic Fangio, I mean, I just picture Bill Nye, the science guy, right? Just deciding or Professor Noodle. Do you remember Pete McTee's clubhouse? That's probably way back there, but this guy, crazy hair. And uh, he just is that mastermind. And I think that's what we're going to see from Vic Fangio. So um, yeah, man, definitely has some low lights, but those, uh, you know, his highlights are much more of what we should come to expect because, again, I think this is going to be one of the better seasons that he's had. And to think that, you know, after all he's done in the league, I mean, that's just crazy to say. You, I'm glad you mentioned the Buffalo game because you actually hear if you go back and watch games like week five, I think that's when they uh, – one of my games was around week five. I really should have had this written down, so my bad about that. Uh, 
might've been the Cowboys, but they were even talking about how the defense had to become a little safer because they realized they weren't as strong as they uh, thought they'd be, you know, like starting a rookie fifth round pick in that cornerback room. And it's just putting yourself into these situations where you always have to be the guy in the right spot. Otherwise you're going to get cooked. That can lead you to maybe taking some um, unnecessary risks. You kind of overextend a little bit, trying to make that play because you know, it's going to happen. If not, uh, Josh, I do want to ask you real quick, when you're watching these games, how frustrating is it to know that Jalen Ramsey wearing number five and then the, the cornerback on the other side of the field is number six? I was pulling out hair trying to figure out who was who a lot of the time. Yeah, that's one of the worst things with the All-22, right? You just try to sit there and go based off his sleeves or, you know, that murdered black uh, visor that he wears. It, it was definitely hard to try to pick him out. Um, but then again, he's just so much better than all those other guys on the field. So you could see, you know, how feisty Fair he was point. when he came down and to stop the run in the backfield. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely hard with some of that All-22 for sure, man. So to wrap up here before a quick break, I mean, just to – really take it what I saw on film. He's so great at maintaining that inside leverage and then just the instincts take over. As soon as he sees a wide receiver turn their head or start to prepare for a ball to come their way, he's already a step in front of him. Those instincts are fantastic. And you can always see him involved in the running game. If he isn't in a pile, uh, you see him maybe three yards down the field where the play was going to go. So the instincts, just knowing where plays are going, just tells me a lot about what you have as a player. And to say that at 28 years old, he'll be 29 in October, uh, that he's going to lose a step or you don't have a, a two, three-year window where this guy can be a pillar of this Miami Dolphins defense, not just like that shiny hood ornament where, yes, I don't know if a lot of teams would trade for him if you're rebuilding a team. You want to be in that win-out mode. I mean, but, man, he is so much more than just like um, – throwing it in and hoping for the best. This is someone you can really build around and, and really lean on to be a, a great player. Yeah, and that's what the Dolphins hope to have. I mean, we can talk about it, whether or not, you know, Xavier Howard's time will eventually pass, and this could be that new veteran presence in the backfield. But, yeah, man, the Dolphins are getting an absolute elite player opposite of another elite player and a defense with an elite defensive coordinator. It's, it's going to be awesome to see, and I think we should all get our popcorn ready because training camp's coming up, and those are going to be some of the best battles. You know, that's going to be some of the coolest things that we get to hear is iron sharpens iron, the battles between X and Jalen Ramsey versus Waddle and Hill. I'm here for it, man. Joshua, you mentioned it. Against Devontae Adams, uh, Jalen Ramsey, I wouldn't say he struggled three receptions on seven targets for 71 yards. You're always going to kind of deal with tough situations when you're facing someone like Devontae Adams. I'd love to see this type of matchup with someone like Javon Holland or even just stronger cornerbacks around him to see if maybe they can lock him down a little tighter. And early in the season, Josh, C.D. Lamb, he had five receptions on eight targets. Cooper Rush was the quarterback, so it was 63 yards. It was a lot of uh, nickel and diving, but it just kind of speaks to, to just Ramsey's ability to keep up with maybe a slot cornerback, something we don't really see a lot from you know top-tier cornerbacks who kind of sit on the outside and be that isolated one-on-one -on -one receiver. You can see Ramsey line up inside, make sure C.D. Lamb doesn't wiggle away in those tight uh, slot slot zones, I guess I should say, um, and, and limiting to just those 63 yards and five receptions. So Josh, take me through, what are some of the things you saw uh, when break down the field? Yeah, well, just to go back to that point, I think Brandon Ayuk was another guy that he was covering there in the slot that he pretty much, you know, vaporized. So um, yeah, man, again, his versatility is going to allow the Dolphins to do so many things. Um, the two games that really stuck out to me, I would say, was the Carolina Panthers game. Um, I'm not even sure what week it was. Week one, two, three, four, five, like week six, I guess, right after that Dallas game. And there were the biggest plays were just how much of a, his football IQ stood out and how quickly he was to get to the ball carrier. There was a play where um, the 
Carolina Panthers dumped the ball off into the backfield to Christian McCaffrey. And you can see Jalen Ramsey running with his receiver, but he sees the play developing in the backfield. And he just kind of passes him off, makes the quarterback believe that he's running with that wide receiver, and then just comes down and lays a punishing blow on Christian McCaffrey, who, um, I mean, that's one of my favorite players in all of football. So to see him get absolutely destroyed kind of hurt a little bit. But it was just an awesome to see the way his football IQ works and just how quick his instincts reacted to getting into that backfield and blowing up a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who, let's be honest, he's kind of built like uh, Stretch Armstrong a little bit. And then later in that game, he came off the edge, completely disguised. Uh, I think it was Walker was the quarterback. P.J. Walker, I believe, was the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers at the time. He does not see it at all. Uh, Great delayed blitz there by Jalen Ramsey. And that, again, is the versatility that Vic Fangio has at disposal. I mean, if Brandon Jones comes back healthy, we know how great he was coming off the edge in some of those blitzes. Xavier Howard, I don't think, has really done it much throughout his career. Cater Kohu, um, maybe that's a game uh, element of his game that he could, you know, step up and take to the next level. But um, I threw out those pass rush grades earlier in the in the episode with how good Jalen Ramsey was. So him coming off the edge, blowing up the play, getting one of his own sacks, only sacks of the season. It was just awesome to see just how quickly he could react and how he could be so much more than just a uh, coverage uh, cornerback. Because as we know, I mean, I'll talk about the Seattle game, but give me your thoughts on that, Jake, because throughout your film watching, you had to have seen him come down, become a menace in the run game, come off the edge a little bit and factor the pass game a little bit. So uh, what were your thoughts in that other role that Jalen Ramsey has, you know, that takes his game to the next level? Yeah, like I go back to that play against the Cardinals. You can tell they were trying to scheme to isolate him to the side of the field where nothing was really happening. And then his ability to come across and still be part of the action. Josh, I'm real curious because you think about the Miami Dolphins last year, right? And we're all kind of a little scared about the the B word, right? We're all worried about blitzing, right? And the Dolphins did that a little too much last year. And you had cornerback, or excuse me, linebackers and Alandon Roberts and Jerome Baker who were uh, at least by – PFF standards, I remember, I think they were rated number one and two in terms of uh, pass rush gate grades in terms of linebackers. So if we are trying to go away from this defense, how often do you see Jalen Ramsey being in the situation where he's going to be in the box and might have to deal with a guard or a tackle trying to come at him in the run game or be in a situation where he can be that slot uh, cornerback, excuse me, who might get washed out? Or will they try to kind of keep it a little, I don't want to say safer, but uh, situational with opportunities like that? Or is it still going to be this thing, you think this um, healthy, like one out of every four or five snaps, he's not that boundary cornerback when we look back on the uh, 2023 season? Yeah, I think it'll be more situational, like you said, depending on who those, you know, big body slots are. I mean, we don't, we still don't know who can cover tight ends, right? And I mentioned him getting sent to the shadow realm trying to uh, cover Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, could he, you know, fill that role at some points? Maybe, but I do think that, you know, for as much as he played in the slot in years past, he's mostly going to be on that outside, right? I mean, you're going to have him on one side, Xavier Howard on the other, then you're hopefully going to have Cater Kohu, Nick Needham, whoever wins that battle. Maybe someone else steps up there. Cam Smith, we talked about before, being that nickel. But I absolutely think you should use him situationally. And, you know, maybe you expect the run. You have him drop down in the box a little bit and play that more star position that we've seen. Um, so, yeah, I do, I do think his home will be on the outside. But, again, if you just pigeonhole him and keep him in a box, kind of like what the Dolphins did with, uh, I, I hate to bring it up, but Jalen Waddle that year with Brian Flores, right? I mean, they put him in that 10-yard cage and didn't really let him do anything. If you just put Jalen Ramsey on the outside and say, this is where you're going to be the entire game. Put him game, in the cage. Yeah, yeah, put him in the cage. I don't think you're doing yourself justice of what, you know, Jalen Ramsey can fully become. So um, definitely situational, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see probably early in camp, hear different things, see, well, I guess not really in preseason, right? I don't hope Jalen Ramsey's not playing much in preseason. I don't even know if he's practiced much because – you know what you have with Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah. And I think that's going to be so tough, and I think that's going to be Vic Fangio's uh, 
biggest question in training camp and watching these practices is where is that level? Where do we find this balance with Jalen Ramsey? Because for every play, he was wide open, wide uh, alone on one side. There were situations where he was isolated in the slot against CeeDee Lamb. There were situations where he'd be in the center of, of a trips formation on the other side, just directing traffic at the line of scrimmage, looking like that middle linebacker who's like just screaming right when the play clock, you still have like 30 seconds on it. He's doing it when you have three seconds left. That's another part of that star position. It's not only knowing that he's going to be in the right position to be that stud and blow up a play, but he's doing it in a way and presenting in a way where the players around him can also have an idea of what's going on and play towards that and be a little more aggressive themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And the other game I watched would have been week 18 against the Seattle Seahawks earlier in the year. DK Metcalf had a solid game. I believe, uh, you know, had some plays on Jalen Ramsey. If you go search it on Twitter, I'm sure there's videos of them talking crap back and forth to one another, which I mean, as much as we we're fans, right? I mean, Xavier Howard's awesome, but he's a quiet guy. I have no issue with Jalen Ramsey going out there talking crap, you know, posting who he's going to cover throughout the year and just, you know, putting that out there. But he, Pretty much, I have written down, he locked DK up for this game. I think the first play from scrimmage, he ran the slant better than DK did and got the pick right off the bat. Um, I had it written down that he locked him up like Akon and Alcatraz. I don't know if Akon actually got locked up in Alcatraz. I'll take it. We all know the song. So, um, you know, he ran the slant better. I called him Peter Pan's shadow as well. He's elite in man coverage. I mean, he can be physical at the line of scrimmage, but he can also play off a bit. But the way he shadows these receivers and runs the routes at times better than them. I mean, Xavier Howard, you see the way he can cover. He kind of trails a little bit and then makes up for it towards the end of the route. You see Jalen Ramsey. You see Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he is hooked to this his guys. And um, you just saw it throughout the entire game. The second interception, he casually passed um, DK off to the zone and then kind of trailed behind and just waited for that pass to come right to him. Geno Smith was under duress and threw it right to Jalen Ramsey. So this was a game that really stuck out as just how versatile uh, Jalen Ramsey could be in both man and zone coverage. And I had to look it up because he did have those two interceptions. And, um, you know, I, I had to make a highlight reel of that for sure. So Overall, man, he can play press, he can play off, he can play nickel, boundary, and even that star position that we mentioned. Um, I always go back to when he um, corrected Mondo and that, like I mentioned before, with the whole CK Parrot thing and just thinking about how he could be just not a cornerback but a defensive back in this system. So overall, man, I mean, you have to be excited because we had Xavier Howard and now we have a guy that, again, is that next evolution. So I'm excited, man. What What are your end thoughts on Jalen Ramsey? I did write down that he's 7,500 to win defensive player of the year, which was actually behind Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. Um, his shatter rate was 47.8% shattering wide receivers, according to player profiler. And he gave 2.2 yards of separation. So um, there are some nerd stats that I had to write down to kind of sound nerdy. I should have did it in my voice, but Jalen oh, Ramsey, man, can't wait. <laughs> I think the question really comes down to, right, you have two great cornerbacks now in Xavier and Howard and Jim and Ramsey. How do you win? Like, it's not going to be like you're playing Madden against, like, easy mode where you just kind of do cover three and all of a sudden they just throw it out of bounds every play. because This is all Madden. Run. This is all Madden, right? You're on all Madden with those sliders jacked up and those corners are at 100. <laughs> exactly. So that's where I really am excited to see this defense thrive, and that's just second downs. Um, I, I do think offenses will be able to kind of get the opportunities on first down to run the football, get six, seven yards. But, you know, if this defense, especially Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer up front, if they can limit that first down gain, especially if they go towards the run, two, three yards, all of a sudden that second down becomes so pivotal because if you can, you know, have someone like Jalen Ramsey make a tackle two yards downfield or, or Xavier Howard forces an incompletion, all of a sudden 
an opposing offense's playbook is so much more limited on third and seven, third and six compared to that third and three, third and four. So I think just winning on second down is going to be so important. And that's when you bring up those third down opportunities, those game breaking opportunities where all of a sudden third and eight, the quarterback has to hold the ball a second longer. Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, they come running in, or hopefully someone like an Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey are there to kind of make up ground and make a play. So to me, man, it really looks like second down is going to be the big, um, pivotal down if the Dolphins are going to be successful on defense. I think if we look back on the season and see where those uh, second down situations left the Dolphins will tell us a lot about how high this defense gets in the ratings in terms of uh, really locking down opposing offenses. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope we don't see any of those third and longs where we got the uh, entire secondary back at the goal line, right? Against the, I think it was the Chargers when Josh Boyer did that. One more play that I kind of forgot. It was in that Seattle game and it was a goal line situation. Kenneth Walker, um, Jalen Ramsey was down in the box, kind of playing that nickel spot, you know, that star position that we like to nerdly say. And uh, Kenneth Walker bounced one outside and Jalen Ramsey actually beat him before he got to the pylon. So it was just an impressive play to see again how fast Jalen Ramsey was, how quick he reacted, and how he was able to stop Kenneth Walker, who, you know, is one of the better running backs in football last season, short of the goal line and make that play. And you just see it all the time in his tape. So I had to make sure I threw that out there. And one more stat from Player Profiler. He gave up uh, 56 receptions on 87 targets for 686 yards and six touchdowns. So take with that what you will. But, yeah, Jake, those second downs are absolutely going to be pivotal for how this Miami Dolphins uh, team success, right? I mean, last year I think we can all agree. I mean, the the offense was definitely, you know, the star, and we needed that defense to step up in certain situations. Obviously it did at times, but if that defense can mirror what the offense did, replicate that, it's going to be an awesome season. And it starts with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard in that secondary. So, um, there's not many secondary, there's no secondary in football better than what the Miami Dolphins have, right? I mean, you see the graphics, sometimes they have the Jets above it. No, man, there's no better secondary in football than the Miami Dolphins. Last question, Josh, before we go, give me, um, when we look back on the 2023 season, which three cornerbacks lead the Dolphins in snaps? I'll even give you mine first, if you'd like, uh, with Ramsey, Howard, and Cater Co, who is going to be my number three, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to piggyback on you, man. I, I was going to say Darth Cater, too. I mean, it'd be cool if Cam Smith got it, some of those reps and took them, but I think Cater Kohu, man, building on another year. I mean, we keep talking about Vic Fangio and his presence. Imagine learning under Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. I mean, I think Cater Kohu is going to raise his game to the next level. Last question I have for you, Jake. I think Jalen Ramsey's the most interceptions he had in a season is four interceptions. I forget what X had, but he had something ridiculous a few years back. 11, maybe? Yeah, it was something crazy. I think I'm pretty sure it was double digits. Which of those guys do you see having the most interceptions this season? I think someone, whoever leads the Dolphins on interceptions, this might be me trying to outthink myself, but I don't think it's going to be either of these guys. I think okay. it's going to be like a safety. I, yeah. One of, I, I really see, you know, these quarterbacks aren't going to enter every week thinking, oh, no, there's Jalen Ramsey. They're going to know where these guys are, and they're going to try to throw um, away from them. Obviously, it's tough for what you have, too. So I'm going to go Howard. His ball skills, I just think, are just so out of this world. That's what makes him a special quarterback. Josh, last, last, last question for you. Um, higher or lower, Nick Needham finishes fourth in snaps among Miami Dolphin quarterbacks. Yeah, I'll take that, especially if he's healthy. I, I like that. I, th- I think Nick Needham, I, again, I go back to how good he was when he was healthy. I thought he was a decent uh, nickel, at least. And yeah, I'll go, I'll go, yeah, I'll go over. And he can play outside, too. We, we always forget Nick Needham played a little bit on the boundary as well. What are your thoughts? So so you think Cam Smith's going to be kind of just hanging out most I don't of the say re- I don't want to say red shirt, but I think that you can red shirt him, right? This secondary is so good that y- you want Cam Smith to learn, develop, 
But again, he was a dog in college, so he might get out on that field sooner than a Eric Ezukoma or Channing Tindall did. But yeah, I'll say he's more towards a red shirt than getting those snaps. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And the other wild card is Trill Williams, but we'll see if he can yeah. kind of slide in as a safety. I know he, he's kind of talking about that, so I don't want to get too much into that. But that is it. We are closing chapter one of our book club of another Dolphins podcast. Thank you in to listen for listening. Let us know what you think of our book club about Jalen Ramsey. What about, what are your thoughts? What did we miss? Who should we cover next? You let us know. Sound off in the comments, if you will. And thank you so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. And until next time, fins up. Fins up.